Hi, Bill. How are you? Good, Glenn. Kristen, Lou, how are we doing? Coach. Good. Boy, that was fun yesterday, huh? Yeah, it was. So how is it when you uh, <laughs> sit by all, all week, you prepare, you design everything, and suddenly, lo and behold, you look out in the field and say, boy, it's all working. We did some good work this week. And the guys were energized. You had them ready for the game? Yeah, players played well. And I um, thought the coaches did a great job of getting the players ready and, and played with great um, energy and toughness. Um, you know, we ran the ball and, and did a pretty good job on, on the Chargers, good running game. So that's always a good place to start. Was it was it important for you guys to get the ball first on offense? Because you guys won the toss, so you elected to receive. I know yeah. it goes back and forth. Was that something that? Yeah, we. I mean, you know, we can't control who's going to win the toss or not. The main thing is when you get out there is to is to be productive, and um, you know, we gave the first drive defensively, but overall, we had a good, pretty good first half on defense on third down, and and offensively, we you know scored on a lot of those possessions, and so um, it's always good. You know, last Monday we talked about defensively the Chargers, what they do. You, you kind of expected them to kind of continue to do 6 DBs, 7 DBs, and they did. Is that just Rob Gronkowski was a beast in the running game? It seemed like you guys just wanted to overpower them with the run early. Set everything up. Uh, well, we had some production in the running game, and, and that's always a good thing. Um, we also were able to throw the ball. We had good balance. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's really it's, it comes down to great execution and, and – uh, you know, we had that from um, Tom, Julian, James, Rob, I mean, all the guys in the passing game. Phil uh, Dorsett came up there and gave us some big plays, too, and, and obviously ran the ball pretty well. You know, when, when you have that kind of defense and you just get through playing the Ravens and you're asking corners or safeties to put their nose in there and stop the run, is the, we were talking before, that commitment for them to do it two weeks in a row, I would think would be difficult. Have you seen that with those kind of guys being asked to stop the run a couple weeks in a row, which just kind of takes its toll? You know, I mean, the Chargers are a pretty tough football team. I wouldn't, I wouldn't question that on them. Um, look, some things went well for us yesterday, went right, and um, you know, and that's great. But I wouldn't take anything away from the Chargers. They were a good football team. They had a great year, and um, you know, it was, we had our day yesterday. But you know, that's that's the way it is in this league. Can you kind of explain what you were doing um, defensively yesterday? Obviously, they've got five in the line of scrimmage. You've got six, seven, eight. At one time, you get nobody back at uh, at safety. Moving around, sending different guys through different gaps. And yet, you could see it after a while. The Chargers' offensive linemen would come up, and there'd be nobody there for them to block. Is it a matter of what you do to confuse the rule of order on that offensive line as to who their assignment is? Is that part of what you're doing there to confuse them? Well, we don't always know what exactly what they're in, what protection they're in, or what they're trying to do, but uh, certainly disguise is part of it. And, and um, our guys up front did a nice job. I thought uh, Devin and Patrick uh, did a nice job at safeties and exchanging some responsibilities and, and changing their looks a little bit. So, um Again, it really comes down to good team defense. But in the end, when, when the ball snapped, you've got to be able to execute it, and that was the key. We had good coverage uh, with a with a good pass rush, and when you combine those two things together, that's you're going to have some some success on defense, and we had that. You know, there's um, the offense is such a copycat league, and the use of the fullback it seems like it's coming back in vogue again. <laughs> it's like the way you guys use Devlin, how successful you are. Do you see that as something that's going to reemerge as a priority position for just most teams, or is it just specific to who's available? Yeah, that's a tough question, Christian. I don't really have the answer to that. Uh, I just know we have to you know, do what we feel is best for our football team and uh, for our offense. So uh, what other teams in the league decide to do, what the trends are and all that, I, I mean, I don't really know. 
Um, so Edelman, you know that position is really it's been so many different guys have played that position. They've all had success with it. You know Troy Brown, Welker, Dion Branch. He's like keep hitting this thing. Um, and obviously Edelman, all great athletes. Is there don't something? Forget Danny Adola. Oh, that's don't right. Forgot Dola. about Danny. Can't Danny, the Dola. I can't the Dola. I know. Yeah. I forgot. We call him by the Dola. Um, is there something that sets him apart, Edelman, from the other guys? Based on just you know, all the different guys that have come, they all have different traits. But what sets him apart uh, from the from those other guys that play the same position? Well, like you said, they've all had uh, a lot of production. Most of Dion's production was on the perimeter, but um, the other four guys, you know, Elman's sort of like Troy. He's very strong. I think Troy's you know pound for pound one of the stronger players we've had. Uh, Curtis Martin, you know, guys like that that were really could, had good balance and good. Good playing strength uh, to either get open or, or make yards after the catch. Um, whereas Wes and Danny were were very quick and you know maybe a little had a lot of craftiness to their game. But Julian's he's has it all really. He's a, he's a good route runner. He's very tough, competitive, hard guy to tackle. Uh, and again, all those guys were punt returners that you mentioned. So the ability to make yards with the ball in their hand is important. So Sony Michelle, um, obviously a huge game yesterday. And I'm curious because the, the goal line, it seemed like at times, maybe was something that he wasn't successful early in, the, early in the season. But this game here, I think he had one from the one, one from the five. Is that part of growth of a running back? Or would you say is that execution maybe he wasn't successful early in the year? Have you seen him grow in that area? No, I think Sonny's done a good job running the ball for us. All of our backs have been productive. And, um, you know, goal line offense, again, is part running back, but it's part everything else. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think when he has his chances, he's gonna he's gonna get the ball in the end zone. Um, and if you know there's a wall of bodies there, then sometimes it's it's hard. Um, you know, occasionally backs miss reads, just like everything else. But for the most part, I think he does a good job with his vision, and he's a good good player with um, good p- playing strength and balance, and can can handle contact. So. Um, he did a good job of that yesterday. Run through a couple arm tackles. You when know, people say like your first playoff game for this guy, do you, do you look at it and say, I mean, he did come from Georgia, right? Some big games, national title games. Does that sort of help that mindset? Maybe for a kid that maybe didn't play in a big program, or as far as like getting the jitters off of playing in the first playoff game. Yeah, I don't think it's how many you've played in. I think it's how prepared you are and how well you play. So. All right, talking about preparation, you guys had a very successful defensive game plan against the pocket quarterback. This week it is totally different. You're dealing with a unique scrambler who has tremendous accuracy throwing the ball on the run, and he does it, Bill, when he's looking at a receiver over there to the left, and he throws it over to the receiver on the right. How different is your game plan this week, and how different do you have to get into the mindset of your players that this is much different than what we did last week? Well, I don't think that'll take long at all. I, I think our players understand that. Uh, we played against him earlier in the year, and we played against other players like him, uh, even in recent weeks. Um, you know, going to Allen at Buffalo, for example, guys that could really move around and and throw the ball in the run. So uh, you're right; it'd be a different different type of game um, given his skill set. And this is a very explosive group of receivers. Uh, Coach Reed does a great job of game planning and creating matchups and. Uh, creating problems for the defense so um, it'll be a big challenge for for all of us coaching staff and and our players and uh, just everybody to do a good job to to try to compete against these guys how difficult is it for dbs to not get committed one way or the other with mahomes because when he's on that run 
it's usually he's throwing the football, right? But every once in a while, he'll run one off for 20 or 30 yards. Well, you've always got to stay back until he crosses the line of scrimmage. You never want to go forward and let him dump it over your head and, and have nobody on the receiver. So once he crosses the line and he can't throw it anymore, then he's a runner, then you have to play him like a runner. But until then, if you're in pass coverage – now, if you're in the pass rush, that's different. But if you're in pass coverage, you've got to you know, respect your coverage, unless you have some kind of rule that, that trumps it or overrides it. But in a normal situation, it's coverage first until until he starts running. So if you're – I guess if you're in man and you see this this guy scrambling, is the rule to just? I guess there would be like an urge to turn around to see what's going on. Is the rule to just stay on the guy that you're covering and just, just keep following him no matter what's happening? Thus, you know, a guy just become wide open. Yeah. Well, you always want to stay on your man, but you can, uh, you know, split your vision and stay on your man. Check the quarterback. Get back on your man. Uh, or sometimes you could feel your man if he's close to you. I'm not saying hold him, but feel him, and then look back for the quarterback and. Then if you lose contact with your touch, then get your eyes back on the receiver. If you don't, then you can keep looking at the quarterback. So, again, those are all basic fundamentals that it doesn't matter who the quarterback is or who the receiver is. You teach those in day one, probably teach them in junior high school. But that's you know, that's what you have to do. If if you leave them and while you're looking at the quarterback, your guy's open, they dump it to him. I mean, who else is going to cover him? It's got to be you. There, um, I mean, a lot's been made of this, you know, playing an arrowhead, and I played there every year for seven years, and for me, it was the loudest, most intimidating stadium I'd ever played in. Um, now, these the last time, most of these guys, I guess, when you play the, I don't know if half these guys were even on the team the last time you guys went went there. Replicating that environment, I mean, what are we thinking about for the mi- mixtape? I mean, what kind of music are we thinking? I mean, it's going to have to be really living loud. On a, living on yeah. a prayer? You're going to have to go to 11 with this one. Right. Well, it's um, – look, the, the hardest thing about playing in Arrowhead is the Chiefs. Them, they're a great football team, top seed in the AFC this year. So, obviously, they're very good. And uh, playing them anywhere is hard. Um, they're good at home, but they're good, they're good everywhere. So, we're going to have to do a great job of competing against the Chiefs and whatever else it is, it is, uh, weather, uh, crowd noise, um, you know, there's there's nothing we can really do about any of that. What we can't control is our performance and our execution, and that's what we're going to focus on. Coach, last time we played the Chiefs, we, we talked about Tyreek Hill and saying that he's fast and seeing it live in person are two different things, like just how fast he is. He's fast. <laughs> so, seeing fast. it once... Does it help these guys, like Devin or somebody, to just sit there and say, yeah, I thought I had an angle, but now I know better? Because yeah, now sure, I know no, how fast he is. Of course, I think it always helps to play against uh, against guys and just know their skills and how you match up against them and uh, maybe what you, you can do and what you uh, can't do or what you need to, you know, as you say, take a different angle or play a little bit different leverage or whatever it is. So um, they have that experience against us. We have that experience against them. We'll see how it goes, but... Sure. Uh, I think knowing your competition, knowing the skills of the of the guy you're up against or the guy on the other side of the ball is, is always helpful. How different are they without Kareem Hunt? You know, Damian Williams has been very good for them. but Yeah, again, this is a team that has a lot of weapons, and uh, you, you can't just stop one guy or zero in on one guy. They have tight ends, receivers, running, ba- running backs, and, and obviously the quarterback, and a good offensive line, and a good play caller, uh, and a great uh, game planner in, in Andy Reid. So it, everything's a problem. Um, we're going to have to play good team defense. There's no way around it. I mean, there's no one guy that's going to stop this offense. We're going to need all 11 guys um, performing well and, and being being sound and consistent in what we do. When you looked at their um, 
the game film from from Saturday. Did you think they were better defensively because Houston is now back healthy on that other side, or was there something else no, you saw? Yeah, well, I mean, sure, having having their players, you know, having Sorensen back, having uh, Houston back, then of course those are those are good things. Um, so, uh, look, they're they're going to have their guys out there. We're going to have our guys out there. Uh, we have good players. They have good players. We have good coaches. They have good coaches. We'll see how it goes. It's going to be a very competitive matchup, and you know, we know we're going to have to play our best game. When you're trying to figure out a game plan for a team that you've already played, and it was a high-scoring game, it was a track meet for, with two teams, and knowing that maybe, and maybe I'm wrong about this, that Kansas City can do it maybe quicker in three or four plays, you seem to move the chains. They can do it one play. Uh, yeah, okay. So, And you seem to move the chains a little bit better. Does it make more sense for you to try to play a game in which you can control the football a lot more. You can control that clock a lot more. Keep that ball away from them where they can score just like that. Yeah, well, I think it's important to score points. So if that's long drives, it's long drives. If it's short drives, it's short drives. But you got to score points. I don't think you're going to beat them with, you know, seven, nine points. I mean, uh, nobody's done that all year. So uh, we're going to have to score, and we're going to have to keep them from scoring at the rate that they've they scored at times. Um, so, in the end, the game's about points. It's, I don't think it's about time of possession or about yards or about sacks or about, you know, that kind of thing. It's it's really about points, which comes down to big plays and red area production. And then it goes to third uh, turnovers, which turnovers are turnovers, and third down is an element of turnovers because it's potentially an exchange of the ball. So, you know, that's kind of the order for me. It's, it's points first and then then turnovers and, and then third down. So so Tom on the field post game, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't know the word for word, but he said in his interview he said not bad for a team that stinks that can't beat anybody. So it seemed like almost it was you're playing it up like nobody thought you could beat this team. Oh, San Diego was going to come in here and beat you and the dynasty was going to be over. Did, did it sort of – you guys use that this week? Maybe some of the stuff, the outside noise to your benefit? I think we're going to go out there and, and do our best every week. We're going to go out there and compete this week, just like we did last week. Um, we'll let the final score decide how it goes. All right, we're going to – you got one? I was just going to make one more thing talking about – because we've talked about this uh, with you during the course of the uh, season, that this team has not performed the same way on the road that they have at home. Do you make that a point of emphasis this week? Yeah, we try to play well every week. So that's what we're going to do this week. That, we're going to try to play yeah. well yeah, at home on the road. We try to play well every week in all three phases of the game, so we're going to try to do the same thing this week. Yeah, Brady talked about uh, on the morning show, talked about the last time you guys were out there and you lost at Kansas City, that there was a lot of emotional conversations you know, with the guys on the team as far as getting ready, how to handle it, um, just you know, you know, taking care of their own business. You know, Having trouble on the road, is that the message this week also? How to prepare, how to, you know, how, how, what to be ready for, what to get used to when you head out there again? Yeah, again, I think the most important thing this week is to be ready to play the Chiefs. Uh, whatever the weather is, whatever everything else is, it is. Uh, but we can we can control our preparation and our performance against their football team um, in regular situations and in special situations that are specific to that particular play. So uh, that's what we're going to get ready for. Actually, it was mild out here yesterday, didn't you think? Yeah, temperature was pretty no, it was good. Cool, but yeah, it was small. Yeah, not bad. Well, you cheated a little bit. You didn't wear the hoodie. You had a big puffy little, you know, jacket out there, right? Yeah, but no, it wasn't. It wasn't bad. I mean, look, it's the middle of middle of January in Foxborough, so 
There were some complaints. We're not going to need a lot of suntan lotion. People wanted to see the gray cutoff, <laughs> the cutoff hoodie. You know, 20 degrees, they wanted to see the cutoff hoodie. So I'm just, just, go sleeveless. Just yeah. Why do guys do that? Why do players go sleeveless when it's like freezing cold? Are they just trying to be macho? I mean, what? Uh, yeah, I wore player. sleeves, okay? Uh, so. He's from California. Of course he's going to wear sleeves. I don't get that. Why wouldn't you want to be warm? I mean, Brady said it last week. The one advantage you have in playing and practicing in cold is you know what to wear and be able to move, you know, your limbs. It's perfect. Your limbs. Your limbs. Oh. <laughs> I should move your limbs. Move your limbs. I'll save you from that one, Coach. Yeah. Uh, you got a question? Uh, well, th- we're going to wrap things up yeah. like we always do with a uh, question, uh, with two questions, really. Coach, what do you think was the drive of the week? you got a lot of options today. Uh, yeah. Well, let's go to the opening drive. That was good. Take the kickoff, accept it, go all the way down there, run a lot of plays. This one is from an anonymous source. Uh, we want to have our um, – <laughs> we're going to have our own OMF uh, Beyond, Thunderdome, Beyond Thunderdome Challenge with you, Coach. Two men enter, one man leave. Those two men are Mark Bavaro and Rob Gronkowski. Who comes out alive? <laughs> uh, boy, that, those are two two good football players, two tough guys. So, yeah, I'd pay to see that one. <laughs> <laughs> good okay. answer. Was it like a uh, tie push? What are we thinking? They're two. Those are two. Good, two of the toughest tough guys you've ever. Players. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they're both warriors. They're both very. Very tough, physical, strong-minded, competitive. I mean, it would it would be a fight to the death. They would. Uh, I mean, those guys are tough. Is is Bavaro a guy that uh, just Hall of Fame? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you go back and watch Bavaro block yeah. Re- block Reggie White um, when they ran out over defense. He blocked him out there. There was no double teams. There was no. I'm not saying he, but he blocked them. Yeah. Um, better than anybody else did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I put Bavaro up there with, you know, put him up there with all the best of them. So you didn't pick either one, right? No, <laughs> he can't. <laughs> it's like choosing between yeah. his kids, I feel I like. Well, I've said that before. Yeah. That, that, uh, the, as good as a coach, there wasn't much that I enjoyed more than watching Mark go against LT and Banks, one-on-one, tight ends, outside linebackers in training camp. Those were three of the best football players that made each other better, that competed on every down, that knew who they were up against and gave it their very best. And, um, I mean, whichever two of the three guys were in there, you were watching two good football players really compete in just a one-on-one, what you're kind of describing, in a one-on-one setting. And, um you know, they all made each other better. You know, they all won their share. They all lost their share, but they all made each other better. And I, I mean, that was some real football. Yeah, no, no I, was I, some real football. I would love to see the. Uh, oh, you see that sometimes, and and they all would tell you that they didn't go against anybody in the game that was that better was any than, tougher the guys than what they were practicing against. So, I feel very fortunate to have been able to witness that for several years. Um, you know, you you play against a guy once a year, and you know, then you don't see him again until whenever you play them again might be next year or a couple of years later whatever those guys you saw it you know in training camp literally every day and and other times during the season um so it was it was pretty special i mean Any, that, that was a that those was were a, the good old days pads every day well, two a days anything, right two a days yeah anything currently uh, the, any any matchups that you've seen i don't know i guess well, i'm just saying i would put that one that one's yeah. to me in a class by itself i mean you're talking about you know the greatest defensive player yeah. that ever played against in my opinion, a Hall of Fame tight end that was 
a tremendous football player, a tremendous blocker. He didn't have the receiving stats because of the type of game that was played then and the way he played. Um, but he had plenty. I mean, look, this guy could run, catch, and make big plays, and it was impossible to tackle. So, um, yeah, I'd put him up there with anybody. As a complete, as a complete tight end. There mm. may be other guys who have a little more passing skill, um, but in terms of complete tight end that could do it all, he was, well, he was good. All right, so that's our drive of the week. Congratulations, Coach. 12th uh, AFC Championship game. Good luck in Kansas City, and we expect to see you here Monday. Oh, yeah. All right. Sounds good. Monday. Okay. Right, Coach. Gotta, we gotta, we Short gotta, drive. Yeah, it's on the All book. Right. Monday. Uh, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back.